Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. All right, a quick text here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 1234 from Lance in the West Coast in Vancouver. Bob, we have Jay as a coach, and we will win the series in six games. Are the Oilers practicing today, and did any members of the Condors get called up? Uh, the Oilers did have a optional practice today. Several of the guys that played bigger minutes were not on the ice, including Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Darnell Nurse, as example. Uh, and their uh, Kyle Turris was uh, recalled by the orders, and I would fully expect uh, multiple recalls taking place uh, possibly uh, tomorrow. So stay. Uh, the slam dunks are going to be the following: Stuart Skinner, Philip Broberg, Marcus Niemelainen, uh, Dylan Holloway, and then we'll see whether or not the likes of guys like Malone and Seth Griffith. Uh, Nima Lina will be recalled as well. So there you go. All right, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Just had Wayne Gretzky on the show. Uh, we will tell you that guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, each every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Tell them Oilers now sent you. As we head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, how you doing? I'm great, Bob. How are you? Good. How is the center of the hockey universe doing today? Well, um, the sun came up yesterday, but it's pouring rain today. So how's that? Yeah. That's uh, life. That's life, man. It's well, life. This show- these, are t- these are tough. These are yes. tough playoffs to advance in. They are. Yes, they are. Well, Maybe the toughest. We'll get to the Leafs in a second, uh, but th- let's start, obviously, uh, with uh, first the Oilers and the Kings, and then the wrap-up on the Flames, then we'll get into some Battle of Alberta, then uh, close with the Leafs. So, uh, Edmonton against L.A., down 3-2. Jay Woodcroft made a real interesting decision. Now, part of it was because of a suspension of Darnell Nurse. They recalled Broberg. They went 11-7. and But instead of just rotating two fourth-line guys, Jay 
basically rotated uh, this, or sorry, rotating centers through a pair of fourth line wingers. Mm-hmm. Jay went a different route and had Hyman and Kane as the wingers, two pretty good wingers that would rotate through, uh, in theory, at the start of Game 6, as you know. It was McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and McLeod, but then Leon right. got knocked out. You know, Leon couldn't play center uh, because of the LBI. Uh, to me, that strategic move by Jay Woodcroft and then Connor McDavid elevating sort of completely changed the course and the direction of the series. What about your thoughts? Are you there, John? Did we lose you? Oh, did we have a drop with John? He I, he was obviously on the reported app. Brendan, you want to call him on the cell and see if we can get him back? <laughs> oh, hold it! I, that sounds like John. Welcome back, John. John, you there? <laughs> I'm here. All right. I'm uh, here. Did you were you able to hear all my? No, man? I. I, I yeah, yeah, I did. I heard it all. All right. So, um, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I, you know, it, it was. First of all, I, 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 and I mentioned this to Reed the other night. I, I wasn't ever concerned about what would happen on the blue line, so to go this go to the seven and eleven made sense um, as insurance. Uh, but then, just knowing that Connor was in that mode, and the fact that you could do something like no other coach can do and double shift him in those scenarios really helped. Double shifting. I mean, Hyman and Kane again. The guys that were the off the 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 acquisitions by this management team for depth uh, could make a difference. Uh, and in many ways, um, the Leon injury uh, certainly in Game Six was not nearly as impactful as one thought it was because of the ability of in the end of those nine forwards to do what they had to do. It was impressive. It really was, Bob. I mean, they closed Game 7 out in style. If not for a brilliant and at times lucky goaltending performance from Jonathan Quick, it could have been 4 nothing after two periods. I mean, he got beat by four well. shots, two that hit the post and two that squeaked through him and got pulled off the line. But that's Jonathan Quick. You, he's not just lucky, he's good. And sometimes you got to be good to be lucky. Yeah. He's, a, he's a quality goaltender. There's no yeah. question about it. The one, the one thing that really... And I and I maybe you and Jack talked about it, nor Robbie and and uh, Reed talked about it. Um, but learning how to play with Connor, there's an art to that. It's not the other way around. Connor learning how to play with you, but learning how to play with Connor, how you complement Connor. Uh, that to me is something that doesn't get talked about enough. And in my mind, the strides that Yamamoto has made. Uh, in this playoff series of learning how to play with Connor, uh, to me, really, really accentuates, uh, I think, a, a growth of this team and of that forward group. Uh, you, you know, the pass that Yamamoto made to him for the second goal looked so simple, and yet it was so effective. You know, put, you know, a little bit of a, a, a lob pass. To a, to a place on the ice where only Connor McDavid's going to get it and take advantage of his speed to put himself in that position. But Yamamoto, you know, it wasn't forced. It was just a simple little play. And it's the, those simple little plays, Bob, th- that will make this team much more successful. John Shannon joining us. John, uh, so Edmonton gets it done. Mike Smith, pretty good 
you know, 938 save percentage in the opening round. Um, and in the process, did Ken Holland get a little bit vindicated here for wanting to see what his team looked like when he had two healthy goaltenders? Smith went 11 0 1 with a 947 save percentage in his final 12 starts in the regular season and was 938 in the series. And I know everybody was worried, well, at what point is Smith going to cost the orders? And he ultimately got two shutouts. And as good as Jonathan Quick played, Mike Smith had a considerably better save percentage. Yeah. Yes, he did. Uh, and let's face it. I mean, Mike Smith made one mistake in a seven-game series, really. One bad mistake. Uh, and, and, and it was so egregious, it cost them the game. Um, but then, they, you know, the one thing you have to be so respectful of with Mike is his ability to battle. Uh, not just from game to game, but from shift to shift. Uh, you know, he, he is artistically not the most uh, eloquent or uh, 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 really fluid goaltender you'll ever see. He's not. And that always creates doubt for lots of people. But, you know, isn't the rule just stop the puck? Isn't that what you're supposed to do is just stop the puck? Uh, and that's what Mike has done through this uh, through this playoff run for the most part. I don't I don't see, you know, when you look and compare these two goaltenders coming up in, in Smith and Markstrom, um, and it, it, there is some there is some drama when you think about Smith's the former Flame, and Markstrom was an inch from signing with the Oilers. Uh, there is some, there is some uh, very interesting storylines when it comes to the goaltenders. And by the way, as well as Mike Smith handles the puck, Jacob Markstrom is not far behind. Yeah, no, he's... Jacob Markstrom is really good, really good with the puck. And you know, you saw last night Dallas try to keep the puck away from Markstrom, and it put them in good stead for the most part. The one time they didn't, Markstrom to Goudreau to Kachuk, and the puck's in the net. All right. Speaking of Calgary and Dallas, uh, Flames got it done last night, and they deserved that game. Like, they were the infinitely <laughs> superior team, and Jake Ottinger put on a goaltending performance for the ages. You know, people talk, uh, you know, about Ken Dryden back in 1971. They forget that Ken got lit up in a couple of those games against... Now, Boston was the highest-scoring team in the league in NHL history mm -hmm. that year. Uh, Dallas was challenged to score. Calgary could score a bit... Uh, 13% shooting percentage in the regular season for their top line, by the way. Those guys had an awesome year, but they also shot the lights out. Were you surprised it went seven between Calgary and Dallas? I was a little bit. I thought the Flames would win the series in five or six. I, I think you had to be. Uh, but then you saw uh, in those first two games in Calgary how controlling the Dallas defense was. I mean, Lindell and Klingberg, when he was playing... Um, and, and Miro Heiskanen, and we all have seen what Heiskanen can do defensively, you know, and when he's done it against Connor McDavid. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a formidable blue line. Uh, Ryan Suter being there as well, and, and, you know, at his geriatric age. Uh, but that, that's why this was a, such a really tight scoring series was the Dallas, not just the goaltending, but the Dallas blue line did a magnificent job against the high-flying Flames forwards. Um, so in the end, I guess by game three, we shouldn't have been surprised. Um, but, it, but you know what? Dallas just couldn't score enough. You know, Tyler Sagan's a shadow of himself. Yep. Uh, Jamie Benn 
Jamie Ben, you, you you know he's committed. You know he's involved. You just like to see it a little more. Uh, the, and uh, Jason Robertson, you know what? A uh, forty goal scorer, um, but that slight frame in uh, in big boy hockey. It, it 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 paid the price uh, in that seven-game series. They had a poor team. power play. Calgary gave them some opportunities because the Flames played tough, and they have a tough team. Make no mistake, Calgary's yeah. good in goal. Uh, I, I'm going to be intrigued to see if Tanev can play on defense because I don't think Calgary's defense, their top four, is as good as Dallas's is. No question Calgary was deeper at forward with more, uh, you know, and, and then they've got Daryl Sutter. they got a head coach that, that can win a series and, and has won two Stanley Cups. Give me your assessment, Edmonton and Calgary. What's going to happen? Well, um, I've never seen Connor McDavid play better than he's played in the last three or four games, like ever, Bob, all the way back to Erie. This is as dominant as I've ever seen any player in the NHL. I'm not sure what Wayne said, but that's exactly what uh, that's what I've see, that's what I see, um, and I see the depth of the Flames and the depth of the Oilers almost a wash at this point. The big challenge for me is uh, I don't think the Oilers' defense is as good as Dallas's defense, and that will be the challenge. Okay. You know that have have they gotten better? Yeah, they have Bouchard's played much better. Duncan Keith seems to be back in a little bit of the mode that we saw late in Chicago. You know, if Darnell can do what Darnell does, then things then that that's a positive. To me, in the end, this this series will be. How the Flames stop Connor, and can Mike Smith outduel Jacob Markstrom? Those two things, and that's what this series is going to all be about. Favorite. Battle. By the way, I also think I, I I also think there's two guys, one guy for each team, that could make huge differences, huge differences. And we've said the names before, and I'll I'll keep saying them until the series is over. Michael Backlund and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, well, you know, because those two guys, Backlund's been has been tough on the Oilers for a while, but Backlund and Nugent Hopkins have to contribute offensively if their teams expect to win. Fair comment. Backlund has uh, definitely played with a physical impetus against some of Edmonton's better players, and that team, and they have the Flames have the toughest team in the NHL. I don't care what anybody says. I know Nashville had the most fights. Calgary's got the toughest team. And what happens mm-hmm. is when you have that kind of support, everybody else plays with more edge as well. And to me, Backlund's one of the guys that's benefited in that regard. All right, your favorite Battle of Alberta moment where did you do the ninety one series? No, it's the only one I didn't do. Okay. I did the, I did all the others. Did you have a specific moment that stands out? Uh, Wayne, obviously, you know, Wayne Gretzky's last Battle of Alberta moment in Calgary as a member of the Edmonton Oilers sure, scoring the, a game. Uh, overtime goal. Overtime goal. That was the, I mean, I, and, I mean I'm sure, I've heard Wayne talk about it before. They knew they were going to win the series quickly when he put that puck over Mike Vernon's shoulder. There's no yeah. question. That was, to, to me, that was an unbelievable turning point in that series um and and i would I, I i know there are lots of fans disappointed because the series only went four games um because we were all hoping for another seven gamer uh but uh, that to me in in my mind other than 50 and 39 bob in my opinion, that was Gretzky's greatest goal as an Oiler. All right, uh, John, we, we we asked you what it was like in the center of the hockey universe. You're in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I, I have. Uh, this is hard for me to say. I have some empathy for Toronto. 
Uh, you know what? The the champs show that they got a hell of a chin because the Leafs, I thought, played pretty well in that series. But Toronto is now 0 for 9 when having an opportunity to close teams out to win a playoff series. What? How much of it is people looking going, hey, we lost to Tampa Bay. They're the two-time defending champs. There's no there's no embarrassment losing to that team. And how much of it is, oh, man, we can't ever get it, you know, over six straight years, the Leafs have lost an opening round playoff series. Toronto has not had a playoff series victory since Austin Matthews was six. They have not won a Stanley Cup since John Shannon was 29 back in 1967. I'm just kidding. 28, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 28, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he, well... You know, nobody would be more angry to losing this series than the great late Pat Quinn, who was the coach of the team that won their last series in 2004. Um, But in my mind, it wasn't... I thought Game 7, I thought the Leafs played an unbelievable game, as Tampa did. Uh, I think that what really hurt Toronto was not being able to win it in Game 6. Uh, where uh, in the third period of that game six in Tampa, they only had four shots on goal. And by the time they went to the overtime intermission, Andre Vasilevsky was back in the zone. And you could see it the moment overtime started. He was back in the zone, and there was no way anyone was beating Andre Vasilevsky in overtime. So to me, the series wasn't lost in seven. I think the Leafs lost in six. Uh, there'll be lots of uh, there'll, there'll be lots more analysis about this thing. What has to happen? What has to change? Uh, you know, there's a couple of practical things that have to happen. You know, Morgan Riley's new contract at over seven and a half million dollars kicks in next year, so that means there's going to be a lot more cap pressure. What happens to you know uh, of the big four? Does that mean somebody has to leave? Is it William Nylander because he's got the most attractive contract? Um, there's going to be some tough teeth gnashing in Toronto uh, about what went right, what went wrong. Um, and, and I would be surprised if there are any major changes here. This thing is going in the right direction in Toronto. It's just taking longer than people anticipated. John, great stuff. Much appreciate your time. All right, Bob. That is John Shannon. It's 1251 in Edmonton. We'll get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing and the Oilers injury report when we return for James H. Brown. You're listening to Oilers Now. 1253 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brandon Escott joining you in Oilers Now. As we go into, we've had a busy start to the show. Uh, had our audio recap. Uh, we're privilege to have had Wayne Gretzky join us uh, today at 12.15 for about 15 minutes. John Shannon was just on, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. At this time, we go into NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Drew Shamahorn and his staff at Elite, they will take care of you. All right, Brendan, what do you got? Uh, Well, nothing tonight in the NHL. Tonight off as it reloads for round two of the playoffs. They begin tomorrow with a highly anticipated battle of Florida starting in sunrise before the uh, heavily favored avalanche welcome in St. Louis. First battle of Alberta again in 31 years begins Wednesday with an 
8.30 p.m. puck drop. Vegas let go of Peter DeBoer as head coach after three seasons in the desert. Uh, after firing Barry Trotz, the Islanders promoting Lane Lambert to head coach. He was an assistant on Trotz's staff. Minnesota signed their top goaltending prospect Jesper Wallstedt to a, a three-year entry-level deal today. Zdeno Chara, Kevin Hayes, Carey Price are this year's Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy uh, finalists. That's for best exemplifying the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. Bakersfield swept out of the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs against Stockton. That was one of the top teams in the whole AHL this year. And your Oil Kings and the Winnipeg Ice will, in fact, meet in the WHL's Eastern Conference Final. That series begins Friday and Saturday in Winnipeg. Edmonton taking three of four regular season meetings. Yeah, um, it's going to be a real interesting series. Winnipeg's got a couple great prospects. Matthew Savoy had, a, I think, a 95-point season this year. And Connor Geeky, obviously the Edmonton Oil Kings with five players off the World Junior Team, including four first-round picks. Sebastian Kosa had three shutouts in the eight victories. Eight no are the Oil Kings. They're not going to sweep the, the, the Winnipeg Ice, but... Uh, Edmonton will be the favorite in that series. To the orders now, that is in the WHL series, Calgary is going to be the favorite all day in round two of the Battle of Alberta. Absolutely, the Flames are going to be the favorite. Um, we're going to go to the orders now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. All right, we're going to start with this. I don't know. I don't know to the extent that Leon Dreisaitl uh, is hurt. I will tell you that it's obviously most recently a lower body challenge, though it's my belief he was dealing with at least a couple other tweaks uh, when the series started, and as well as an illness. Uh, the fact is he played Game 7. And my guess is he's going to be available for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Other than that, they're relatively healthy. Uh, conversely, the Calgary Flames have been healthy all season long. Chris Tanev did not play. This is a guy the Flames had out a lot against Connor McDavid. Uh, Chris Tanev did not play in Game 7 last night, and Shillington had a very awkward fall. It looked like he banged up his left shoulder on. Uh, Shillington's a defenseman that, frankly, I think succeeded a lot of people's expectations, though not Brad Pascal's. He was a guy that was quite bullish on him for a while down in Calgary. So uh, that's two of their top four defensemen. Maybe they both end up playing. I guess time will tell. But again, um, the Flames are going to be the favorite in the series. Doesn't mean that Edmonton's not capable of winning it. The Oilers were the favorite against L.A., and I think the pressure in the first game, it was evidenced uh, by how the Oilers started out. wasn't great. Oilers got to be on their horse Wednesday in uh, in Calgary, going early. Uh, and and if, if you spend any time with Mike Smith, He'd want this challenge against Jacob Markstrom. Trust me when I say that. Okay? I mean, Mike Smith was not replaced by Jacob Markstrom in Calgary. But everybody knows the Oilers went down the Jacob Markstrom uh, run. And last season, in the All-Canadian Division, Smith outplayed Markstrom head-to-head. This season, Smith really wasn't up and going at any point. Well, in the first game of the year, actually, he outdueled Jacob Markson for a victory for the Edmonton Oilers. This is going to be an interesting series, to say the least. Calgary's got a good team. We all know that. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back from the Edmonton Oilers, a guy who played uh, the last three seasons in Calgary with the Flames, 
with the Edmonton Oilers now, Derek Ryan, and then at 135 today, Jack Michaels, Cam Moon, Rob Brown, or sorry, Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, and myself. You might not even want to listen. You might not want to take any advice from us, but we'll have our second round playoff predictions. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.